Hey everyone, this is Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to this week's podcast. If you don't know me already, I'm married to Daryl. We have eight kids, ages 13 to 26. Um, We have four grandkids and we have been homeschooling for over 22 years. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm super excited. Leah Neiman is here um, to talk to us about media and screen time. So many parents have talked to me about um, just the things they're struggling with um, as far as screen time and media and how to handle technology with kids. And um, so I thought, you know, I think I need to call call a professional in on this. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had met Leah um, at a, at a conference a few weeks ago, but first I want to, um, I'm going to introduce her first and then I'll tell you uh, where we met. But so Leah has been speaking for the past eight years to parents, homeschooling groups, and teens about technology, social media, and parenting. She offers sessions, advice, and resources so parents can raise kids with a healthy perspective of technology and social media. So today she's going to be sharing with us how to navigate the challenges of screen time while still being realistic about the role of technology in our lives. And I think that's the big challenge is it's there, it's part of our life, and so we need to be able to to navigate this with our kids. And um, so like I said before, I met uh, Leah several weeks ago at a conference and I sat down and chatted with her. And I think what stood out to me the most was just her, um, she's had such a peaceful and joyful attitude towards just media and screen time. Like she understood it. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's been like an arch nemesis all of these years (laughs) (laughs) with our kids just, you know, battling the time and the what's okay and what isn't. And then something new comes on the horizon and then you throws up the apple cart or you think your kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Then you find out they're not. So this is why I called Leah in because I thought she might be able to give us, I know she will be able to give us some really helpful, uh, tips and uh, counsel on how to handle this. So thank you for being here, Leah, and I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me. You know, um, just for me, it's a two-to-one conference. You probably know I love talking about this. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I always appreciate someone um, letting me come on their podcast and, and talk. Well, I'm um, glad you're here. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah, I, yeah, it's a, you're right. It's something I think a lot of us at different times in our life have felt like it's screen time is the nemesis in our, in our house. So um, hopefully that's changing um, for many of us, um, you know, as, as we get the tools and the conversations going in our home, that's my hope anyway. Right, right. So what do, um, I'm just curious, what, what's probably the top question you get asked um, when it comes to media and screen time and technology? Can you just say that off the hop, top of your head? Wow. Um, I, I think the balance is probably, mm. when, you, when you really drill down all of the questions, they all kind of really come down to balance. Right. Because I think that's what a lot of parents are struggling with, or a lot of homes, really. I, I don't want to say parents because I think it's homes in general, yes. whether it's kids or parents. Um, it's just balance. Um, we don't know what it looks like. We don't know um, how it's supposed to feel. We're afraid to have conversations. And so whether it's um, whether it's TV or gaming or social media or what, it's all about balance. So I think- right really that's the main 
um, crest of the issue. I think that we're all struggling with this balance. What does that look like? Agree. Yes, I agree. And you know, the interesting thing is, and we talked about this at the conference, when you and I were, uh, when we started parenting, none of this was even an option. You know, our only battle might be over the TV. And so we just shut it off, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not that simple anymore. And so um, as more and more of it uh, has become part of our lives, and in a lot of ways, it's great. But I think, um, like you said, finding that balance is just such an ongoing struggle. Right, right. Yes, because when when we were raised, it was um, it was TV mainly. Um, right. You know, video came out, but it was very much a thing where you know the parents just said, "Okay, TV's over. Go out and play." Right. But it, but it wasn't it wasn't ingrained in our lives. So we weren't needing skills that helped us be productive adults or, or that we used in our adulthood. Mm-hmm. And now that's very much an issue where kids are going off to college and they, they have to have computer skills. They, they need certain skills. So it, they come home with, with homework that requires them to do research on the computer or, um, you know, make videos or do things that require media time. Right. And so as parents, it's okay. You know, you can't just say get off the computer because they may actually be on the computer doing schoolwork. So it's not just a cut and dry thing where you're saying, you know, okay, TV time is over. You're having to make a judgment call as a parent about, um, you know, what are you doing on that screen time? Right. You know, are you watching cat videos or are you um, actually creating content <laughs> doing something? Exactly. And sometimes when they're creating content, they're actually, you know, shooting off a, uh, you know, message to their friend or mm-hmm. um, on social media. So it's, it's very, um, it's very convoluted. Um, and so I think that's what parents a lot of times are facing right yeah. now. Yeah. I think it creates a lot of anxiety in us. I know it has in me because, um, just when I think everything's sort of like going along well, and then all of a sudden I sort of get this gut feeling like I need to be asking questions. And mm-hmm. um, I start to ask questions and I'm like, and I'm and what I'm getting back is, wow, they've been on their way too much. And yeah, why are you watching stupid YouTube videos? You know, mm-hmm. that, isn't that a waste of time? And so just that balance of, you know, I can't really, it's hard to monitor all of that, especially, and I'm thinking, right. you know, right now, 15, 17 year olds, you know, mm-hmm. um, my hope is that I've been grinding on this long enough with them and had enough conversations along the way that they're starting to get it. And I am seeing that, but it's still, I still have to check in and it still is a stressor sometimes. Right, right. Well, and I think too, so, you know, you have kids that are older, just like I do. And so for the longest time, and this was some of my frustration for years, they the, the, they kept saying screen time, screen time, screen time, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between, and you know this, watching two hours of cat videos and right. spending two hours on the computer because your child is doing a research project or they're actually curating content to put into a video they're creating or um, any sort of thing that they're doing. That, that two hours is valuable. Right. So... You know, last year, I was so happy that the American Pediatrics Association finally came out with um, guidelines 
for dividing that up and saying, okay, it's the content, the content and what you're doing on the screen versus screen time. Um, And so they, they finally kind of broke it down and said, okay, so there's communication, there's content creation, there's interactive consumption, and there's passive consumption. Now that starts to make sense. So now we start to have some things to look at as parents. Um, so what's communication? Okay, that's using our devices to communicate, whether it's social media, Skype, FaceTime. And then there's content curation. So using our devices to create something, videos, music, digital art. For instance, I'm doing content creation pretty much all day long. So, so it's right. really hard for me. You know, when my kids see me sitting in front of a computer for eight to 10 hours a day, because I'm creating an ebook, creating art because I do graphics for my husband's business, um, creating video. Like yesterday, I created the holiday video for his company. You know, so but I'm actually creating a product. I'm not just sitting here passively consuming something. Right. Um, I'm not watching a movie or television or you know even reading a, an ebook, which that's not bad. I, you know, reading a book or listening to music. Um, I'm, act, I'm actively creating something and it's my job. So there's, there's a difference in putting the limit on that. And when our kids are seeing us, especially now, those of us working at home is, is a big thing. So talking to our kids about that and then them actually seeing that play out in our life, I think is probably um, the biggest speaks volumes. It's the, it's because we're actively living it out. We're being a role model of that and being just very, very intentional about that as parents, because we can tell our kids something and say, these are the rules all we want. But when they see us doing something differently than what we're saying, um, that's, that's a huge issue. So so when we're telling our kids, don't have your device at the table, you know, that's device downtime. It's time that we're all together, but we're sitting there you know, shooting off a social media text at the table as a parent, that's an issue. Right, Um, exactly. They learn more from what we do than what we say. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, So I think now that we have kind of some concrete, um, things about screen time and things to look for and and then things to communicate to our kids and, and names to say, are you communicating? Oh, are you, are you creating content? Now they have kind of some, some, you know, guidelines to go like by. Like a framework to work within where they can categorize the things that they're doing and be able to say, this is what I'm doing. And I think that's so important because I know for me as even a mom, um, just the whole idea of um, focusing and knowing that what I'm doing is falling under this category right here. This is what I need to be doing. And I'm not letting everything mush together. That actually creates a lot of anxiety in me. And I think, I don't know if it's just because I'm a mom or not, but but I think it's so great that if we can give our kids, say, these are your, this is your framework that you're working from and you need to be paying attention, that accountability um, that we're wanting to teach them so that they have the tools when they're adults to handle it. You know, I mean, you can put on all the filters you want and, you know, do all this, you know, all the turning off of devices or, you know, those kinds of things. But ultimately, our kids have to learn to navigate that themselves with us with a conscience. Right, right. And, you know, with that too, and you know this from being a parent, you can start to see um, traits that your child has and abilities that they have, 
things that they like. Mm -hmm. So you're able now to kind of zone in on those. Right. So, you know, if, if you have a child that really loves photography or really loves video, now you can say, say to that child, Hey, like, you know, why don't you make a video about XXX right. and, and kind of now this is where the balance comes in encourage them to go out, get away from the screen because you're going to capture those images or capture video footage or whatever, and then come back to the screen to create that content. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a balance. Or if you have a child that likes gaming, you know, have them go out and, you know, get footage for whatever, have them look into what's the back end of gaming, you know, right. what's the coding end of gaming. Um, there's all sorts of directions you can go, but now you can kind of um, give your child the, the back end of that media and encourage them. It can be music, it can be art, it can be all sorts of things. But once you kind of have that framework in place, now you can encourage them to go out and explore the world around them and bring that back into um, media, but in right. a more productive way. I um, love that. I love that because you're basically connecting uh, them, you know, they're connecting that, that world of media with real world. And exactly. And they're yes. able to sort of like, they may be able to free flow back and forth easier because we've taught them how to do that, how to go back and forth. And they enjoy both, you know, not just the media. They, they also enjoy the real stuff and then they can make that connection. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And you're teaching them like we're looking for high quality, what we do in media, we're looking for high quality. And when you start that, especially at a young age, you know, then when they get to the age where they're asking for social media, they, it's okay because they know that, you know, their computers and their devices and their phones do so much more than social media. Mm -hmm. It's not just a tool only that does social media. There's so many other things our devices do. So, um, you know, social media is just really a form of communication. So they can shout out, hey, you know, look at what I created. Or, but it's not, that's not the only thing their device does. Right, right. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you um, have mentioned to me before, like having a plan. What, what does that look like? I mean. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, and this really kind of covers almost anything with our families is, we tend to parent from a negative point of view when we don't have a plan in place. So we've never discussed as a family or even as, you know, spouses, you know, what are our thoughts on media? Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we want to approach it? And so then when we begin using it in our home, we're only addressing it when we have an issue. <laughs> so, exactly. That's so true. You know, I never, it, I've talked some to our kids, but I'm just realizing as you're talking, what a great idea it is, especially since ours are older to sit down and to say, you know, how do you, um, how do we want to approach this whole phone, tablet, computer thing? What do you think are reasonable limitations? And just start that conversation with them. We don't have to obviously do everything they say, but at least we've opened the dialogue up and we've invited them to bring in their thoughts on it. And the thing that I found with my kids is when I bring them in, one, they own it more. Mm -hmm. And two, um, there's like a, there's a positive 
aspect that comes with that, that I'm, I'm saying, hey, I value your thoughts and I value your opinions and um, let's talk about this. And it keeps that communication open and it's also very good for the relationship. So really you could use this um, to, you know, even deepen the relationship with your kids. Right, right. Yeah. And a good, for instance, that I love to use this. Okay. So a lot of times, especially as parents and moms, we'll, we'll have like, okay, our family TV time, right? We're watching a movie or whatever. Well, we're busy moms. So, so what do we do? We, a lot of times double that is like our Pinterest time right. or our catching up on social media, which signals to the kids, Hey, when we're having family time, that's time to do social media or be online, you know, we're, we're multitasking. Right, moms, right. we multitask so much of our lives. So now we've created the standard to our kids that when we're together for family time, we're also doing social media. Mm-hmm. That we've just set the standard. Right. Um, and because we don't have a family media plan, we've just told them that's what it is. So the first time our kid is 13 and they get, you know, Instagram or Snapchat or whatever it is, they're Snapchatting their friends during family movie night and we get mad at them and we reprimand them. And they're, they're like, what? I, I had no idea. And they're seriously, they have no idea that they're not (laughs) supposed to do that because we've set the standard right? and we don't understand why they don't know that's wrong. Mm -hmm. So having a family media plan just really helps clarify. And it even helps us be a little more aware of kind of, you know, what we're doing. And right. Well, we need that accountability too. And I think that's one thing that's great in being a parent in this situation is we're called into accountability as well. And, and, and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, um, behave ourselves and have a more, uh, you know, a higher quality of life because of it. So it can all work out, but it is, it can be a little bit of a bumpy trip. It it is. It is. Yes. And, you know, I, I tell people like revisit that, you know, about every 18 months, two years, because what is appropriate for your child at nine Mm -hmm. is definitely different when your child's 15, 16. And I even tell families talk about things like, you know, Hey, you know, what sorts of images would, Mm -hmm. you know, be, would you be okay with? Because something is going to mortify your 15 year old daughter. That, right. that isn't going to mortify your nine-year-old son. He's going right. to think it's hilarious. Right. And so if you talked about all that as a family ahead of time, you're going to have such, your house is going to be so much more peaceful. Right. Um, right. And really all that comes down to respect for each other as families and creating that, like our home is a safe place. I, I would say that to my kids all the time. Our home is a safe place. I want everyone here to feel like this is just the safe harbor. Like when, when life just feels you know, unsettled and we're frustrated. Our home is that safe harbor to come home to. Um, and you know, that family media plan is all about creating that for your family. Right. Um, so So having family conversations about that really, really help. Right. I like what you're saying because basically you're saying part of creating that, um, safe harbor is, is, having this plan that everybody knows is the plan and everybody agrees this is what this is what we're doing and we hold each other accountable and there's like a security that comes with that there really is yeah and then you know there's times as a parent that you have to go to your child and say you know can we we need to talk about that right that you just put up right. It's, right you've had you've had five other positive conversations for every 
you know, one, right. you have to say, can we talk about this? So there, your kids are much more receptive to having that conversation. And that doesn't mean that every conversation is, you know, going to be sunshine and roses. Right. But <laughs> exactly. But just, don't avoid the conversations either. No, not at all. It's easy to do because sometimes you don't know where it's going to go. And I think part of it, uh, I think part of the discomfort, at least for me, has been, I'm not sure what I'm doing with this. <laughs> right. You know, with this area of our life, I'm not, I don't, there, it isn't black or white. And so it's really hard to go into that conversation saying this is, you know, I mean, obviously, some boundaries are clear and hopefully, like we said before, we'll talk about those and that will be clear and we can call them to accountability and say, hey, this doesn't fall within the things that we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. But don't be afraid to have those conversations and have the conflict because um, I think, well, we all hate conflict. So <laughs> at right. least I do. I hate it. So I don't want to make right. them happy and I don't want them to feel like I'm... Because I'm talking about older kids here, you know, that I'm here every move and I don't trust them. There's all those issues come up in those conversations. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's, uh, but like you said, it's just their conversations we need to have. Right, right. Well, and we had that going both ways where you talked about, so I had a conflict with both my kids going both ways where one where I had a child that said something and we were in my office and I just, it, it got to the point where I just said, you know, we just, both need to like, we need to, we need to continue this conversation, but we need to resume it later. Right. Um, because you could tell like <laughs> neither was going to see the other's point of view and, and it was getting to that point. And we did, and we, and we came to a consensus about, about, you know, the direction. And it was really with that child saying, you know, I'm sorry, I was out of the line. Right. But then we had another conversation later where something was happening on Facebook. Um, and I decided that I was going to insert myself into that conversation instead of letting it play out like I should have. <laughs> and, and that child came to me and said, mom, like you're going to make this situation more. And that's exactly what happened. And I deleted that post. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, I didn't follow the advice I always give parents. Right. Like let your child lead that conversation, see how they're going to how they're going to handle it. Exactly. And, and I said, you know what, like, you're right. I'm deleting that post. Like as soon as I posted, I had like, what am I doing type thing? But I was, I was just having one of those off days where I kind of, I think I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Right. Um, and so we've had both of those conversations where we've, you know, that are just tough conversations to have. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm glad that we felt in both those cases where we could go to the other and say, well, I like, can we talk about this? <laughs> we got an issue. And, and you're right. They're not fun, but no. it's important that you at least feel like you can address it. Right. And I love what you said about um, sometimes just sitting back and seeing how it plays out because what I've noticed is I learned things about my kids that I didn't know mm-hmm. in those situations by how they handle it. Um, when they think I'm not watching or looking, you know, cause it's social media or whatever. Um yes. And nine times out of 10, I've been absolutely thrilled with what I've seen. It was like one of those things where I went, oh my gosh, they are getting it. This is the only place I've seen that. Yes. (laughs) You know, like they're taking it, they're owning it. And the things that we've taught them as far as how to handle relationships, they actually put into practice there. Now at home with their siblings, maybe not so much, but (laughs) 
but, but you know, now it's become clear. Okay, they're they are hearing it. This is hopeful, you know. So yeah, right. it's really great. It can be a great test of character. Yes. Well, you know, again, going back to when we were growing up, if we had an issue at school or even when we came home or whatever, and um, number one, we had a little bit of distance to kind of like think through it, but right. but our parents weren't sitting on our shoulder inserting into every conversation as right. we learned to resolve that with our friends. Exactly. Um, they were, you know, we, we were resolving it and then we might come home and talk to our parents about it and they may give us some guidance, but social media, it's this public network, right? right. So some of those conversations it's our kids are having are taking place in this public network. Mm-hmm. And what happens sometimes is you're right. We jump in as parents because we're either afraid of what might happen or we think we're going to head it off at the past right. and we don't, <laughs> and, and, and we're, what we're trying, what we're trying to do, our intentions are, are, are not all bad. We're trying to prevent something negative from happening on social media because, you know, we fear everyone's seen it or oh, our yeah. child yeah. making a bad decision, but we're not letting them make a good decision, make, right. make the decision that we raised them to make. Right. Um, and so we're kind of, you know, hindering their ability to have a growth experience. Right. Exactly. Um, and with that growth experience comes confidence, you know, yes, that they can handle yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so we need to let them, you know, communicate and, and then, you know, step in when needed. But then also, you know, my biggest, um, my biggest thing too is, is that then if we have to step in, that we don't step in in the public forum, that we parent right. privately in our home. Oh, that's very and, good. That's and then very say to our good. child, you know, hey, you know, we need to talk about this post. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's talk about the communication that's happening, if it's, you know, if it's words that were spoken that were very harsh or, you know, whatever the situation is, and then let our child go back and correct that situation Mm -hmm. and take the appropriate steps to make it right. on communication. I mean, it's just like a massive lesson in communication. How to communicate online is, is there is a different um, facet, you know, it's a different facet of communication because you don't have the tone of voice. You don't have, you know, so many things that help us, social cues that help us when we're having a real life conversation, we right. don't get on social media. And that's a, that's a hard thing to navigate. It is. And I think what makes it hard, if we're really, really being honest as parents, is when something happens on social media and it involves our kids, we we feel like ah oh, our kids just failed and everyone's just seen it right, right so i need to let everyone know that i'm fixing this right. <laughs> that i'm parent yeah. i mean really if There's we're a being 100% pride involved there there is there is <laughs> but in the process of like doing that publicly we've also hurt our kid exactly in public and that's what we don't want to do no and, and we've said to the world you know my kids failed and i'm acknowledging they failed instead of you know, being concerned about the character of our, our child right. or, you know, right. correcting that and protecting them, you know, get your, I tell people, get your player off the field mm-hmm. and address that at home. And again, bring them home and bring them to that safe Harbor That's and let awesome. your child know I am, I'm here for you. I support you. I am your biggest fan. I know that, you know, that you've got this right. and I'm going to walk with you through this. I'm not going to 
publicly slam you <laughs> right and exactly. you know parent that's them. huge that's huge and you huge. know I know we've been talking a lot about um older kids. Um, I know there are a lot of moms that are going to be listening who have younger kids. And I know they're very curious what, um, and I don't even know if you can answer this question, sort of what's appropriate for a younger child. Now, I'll just share my experience. Um, You know, I told you when we first started parenting, there was, there were no computers, there was no internet, there were no cell phones, you know, so a lot of this was just not even an issue. And then it slowly, as you know, we had eight kids. So gradually, um, as we got to the younger ones, they were, um, had a lot more of that technology as part of their life. But I really still am a very strong uh, believer in very young children just not really being on screen time. I mean, I just feel like developmentally and everything else, I mean, not saying it can't happen and it, you know, maybe the exception, not the rule kind of thing, but not to, to re I encourage moms to get their kids out into real life, getting hands on that kind of stuff. I'm talking preschool, kindergarten, first, second, third grade, you know, right in there and, and then maybe starting to so do you have any experience with that or thoughts on that? Yeah, well, definitely kids under two um, don't need screen time. Um, other than, I mean, the exception would be if your parent's traveling, you know, you have a military right. situation or whatever. And then at that, it's it's video chatting. It's that, that absolutely, ab, you know, the being able to see the face. Your child under two years old is not going to get anything from a game, right? Um, that sort of of screen time is not benefiting, and they've right. done lots of research on that. There's just really no reason to introduce a screen to a child that's under two years old. They're not benefiting developmentally um, from that sort of thing, other than that video chatting where they're actually interacting with you know a family member. Right. Right. Um, and so again, like you're, you're quantifying what kind of time is spent on that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then between the ages of two and five years old, you really want to limit that to no more than an hour a day, super high quality program um, if you're going to use that. And you're, you want to make sure when you're looking for that, that it's something that has a connection that encourages critical thinking, mm-hmm. creativity, so are you talking about television shows as well as any kind of um, like little games on the tablet and that kind of yes. thing? Okay. So yes. all of that, we you're talk about media. falling into the same category. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and so, and that's, so that's, these, these four things can help parents when they're looking for media, apps, media, regardless of what they're looking for. So the four things are connection, critical thinking, creativity. In context. Okay. So that's what you want to think of. And then that's regardless of the age of your child um, from, you know, two, two to and up. Okay. So you want kids, you want connect kids that connect on a personal level to what right. they're watching, playing, reading, mm-hmm. um, critical thinking so that they're, that it causes them to, to think about the topic, the subject, the skill um, that they challenge the child. So, um, anything that, you know, that has a critical thinking application for that child. Creativity, anything that um, causes, you know, gives a child the ability to create new content. That's why content creation um, type things that we do are so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and then context. So any sort of media apps that help your kids understand how they fit into the larger world. Okay. Um, and how that, that, that gives them the ability to actually actively participate. So kind of an example of that would be um, any sort of media or apps that encourage your kids then to go out. So history type apps, um, any sort of science apps that like show them like, okay, here's an experiment or mm-hmm. that encourage them to get out and explore nature. Right. Um, I'm a huge fan of those, those types of, you know, apps. So that's why some of the, even the TV shows that, um, you know, encourage kids to go out and explore nature or... I love that. I love that because that really ties in with so much of what I uh, encourage moms to do when their kids are younger is just to, you know, turning over rocks and picking up bugs. And But we have this, you know, we have our phones, we have this um, resource to learn mm-hmm. more about these things that we've discovered under the rock, you know? <laughs> right. And so I, that, I love that connection there, the way you're uh, pulling that together because it's, I'm personally sometimes having a hard time making that connection between, you know, when my kids were little and, and there wasn't anything and, and now there is, and what do we do with it? So that's a really, I really love that picture you just, you just painted. Well, yeah. And like an appropriate use of it is, okay, you're on a nature walk Mm -hmm. with, with your kids and they hear, they hear a bird that they can't identify. What's that? You don't know. Okay. Record that and then come home and look it up. Right. Or you see a new flower and you don't know what it is. Take a photo of it. Yes. And then come yes. home and you know you oh, can I search. That. And you know what I think so, is really cool about this is that you're really you're using um you're using this technology to um uh you know the kids have a natural curiosity and a natural love for learning and you're feeding that with it. Right. And right. I love that. And you, you, you mentioned the bird. Okay. We just moved across the country from Washington state to North Carolina. And there's this bird that I kept hearing every morning. And I, I loved the way it sounded. I'm like, I've got to figure out what kind of bird that is, but how do I do that? And one of my kids said, mom, if you just go on YouTube, they give samples of all different types of birds from a certain area. And you just listen until you find the one that it is. And I did. And it was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done that many times um, because I can't stand like taking a walk and then hearing something not being able to identify it. So right, I, right. I'm a big fan of that. And for the longest time, I was, you have to leave your device in the car when you're on a nature walk. It's not right. a nature walk if you have your device. And then I quickly became a fan of, of taking it with me because there was always plants on the trail that I wasn't sure what they were. And then when I would come home, I was like, I can't quite remember. Is that it or is that it? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's so true. When we traveled across the country, um, when we moved, uh, it was a three or four, four day trip or something. And it was along the way we would see things and we would be like, I wonder what that is. And so we'd, you know, just kind of come up with some keywords, look it up. And what we found were they, these were snow fences in Wyoming. And we're like, what is it? Why would they need a snow fence? What is that used for? So we found out who created them, why they were invented, you know, to keep snow from drifting, blowing across the highway and causing accidents, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was just, it was just fascinating to be able to, to do all that. And then another time we saw a billboard for this place called Wall Drug in one of the Dakotas, I think. And um, I said, the kids were like, what is that, mom? I said, I don't know. So we looked it up and we got to read the history about it. And so of course we stopped and 
but they went into that situation with just a knowledge of the history of, of behind this souvenir store. So it was really interesting. Yeah. And a whole lot yeah. of fun. It's great. So, um, so you've covered like a, about, you were saying about two to five years old. Um, you have thoughts on as they're getting past that age, any? Then once they get past that age, really just start looking for, I, I say, you know, the con- content of what they're doing. Um, and, you know, that's when you're going to start, you know, looking at what, what are they doing with their screen time? Are they, you know, are they doing passive consumption? Are they just like watching? You want to limit that more. Right. Um, are they creating something? Um, are they being interactive in their consumption? So are they using their device to surf the internet or play games? Um, are they communicating? So you kind of just want to know what they're doing. Um, passive consumption is what you want to spend the least amount of time doing okay. because that's okay. something like watching movies, TV, um, you know, listening to music, reading. Um, you know, of course you can, you can combine the two. You can, sometimes I'll be listening to music while I'm creating, um, something, especially if it's, you know, if I'm doing something like graphics or whatever, but, um, so you can always kind of combine the two, but, um, you know, once you get past a certain age, of course, you know, you want your kids to be outside playing, especially when they're in the elementary years. Mm -hmm. And those are the years where it's important that, they're out seeing things and exploring and, and all of that. But as they get older, you know, a larger amount of screen time is, is okay, but you definitely want it to be more in the, you know, they're creating something or they're doing, you know, they're, they're having some sort of a product, whether it be a research paper or, you know, something that they're creating um, versus passive consumption. And then also, pay attention to how your kids are acting mm-hmm. while they're in front of the computer. So for instance, if they're playing a video game or they're watching something or they're hanging out online and you're seeing aggressive behavior mm-hmm. or they're getting very upset when you ask them to get off the computer, right. that's kind of like the red flag sign as parents that you need to start exploring that. Um, you know, make sure that the majority of their time is spent with high quality, age, age-appropriate media. Right. Um, you know, and some of our kids, you know, they may really excel in math and science. So you're putting them on some of those apps or games to encourage their learning um, beyond what maybe they're getting in school or, right. you know, if you're homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay, but just kind of pay attention to that. Right, um, right. That makes sense. And one of the things that I really tried to do with our kids um, when it comes to computers and stuff, I really... If if I've got a couple of kids doing math on the computer right now, that's the only subject they're doing there. I guess what I'm saying is I've tried to limit how much of their schoolwork was actually on the computer, um, simply for the fact that if they want to have that other time on there, I just don't want them to be on there all day long, you know, for various reasons. Um, and so that's been something that I think has been been good. I think they obviously, my kids already, it seems like kids in this generation already just have such an affinity and ability when it comes to computers and things like that, that it doesn't take them very long to learn 
a lot quickly um, right. as far as like how to navigate things and, you know, all of that. So I don't worry too much about having to teach them that specifically. It seems like that sort of just happens naturally. But I think the trick is teaching them um, ha- to check their sources, you know, um, mm-hmm. because I know that that's something that's, that can be a little dicey. You know, if they're doing a research paper and you're like, not sure what, you know, what are your sources? Are they, do you have any filters on that or any thoughts on that? Yeah. I wrote an entire article on that. Um, okay. About if it's fact or fiction. Okay. There I'm, is I'm a put whole that link in this, in the podcast notes. So make sure you yeah, get that. I will send you that link. There okay. was a whole report that came out about, you know, students not understanding if something's fact or fiction. And honestly, I think a lot of adults struggle with that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but my son, who is in college, um, he's a history major. And that whole major is nothing but like really understanding of you know, something's fact or fiction. Right. And right. he was sharing with me like what a huge um, issue that is wow. with kids coming into college, not even understanding like if something's a primary source or if it's, you know, on the internet, if it's, if it's, something that a blog blogger wrote, which, you know, you and I both have, have our own sites, you know, um, understanding like who's writing that. And, you know, if there's a reason that they're writing it, (laughs) so, um, you know, and even understanding things like, okay, is a news source really a news source? Mm -hmm. Are you actually on, you know, a legitimate news source or is it a fake news source? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we use the word fake news, but there are all sorts of sites that look like they're a legitimate news source that aren't. Right. They have a, you know, they don't have a .com. They're a dot really squirrely at the end. So there are, are, um, are all sorts of, you know, guidelines for making sure that, you know, you have correct information. And part of it is, is as simple as, when you read something on the internet, you know, going back and back and back to the original source mm-hmm. um, of where that is. And I, I even try to do that a lot. You know, I, I deal with data a lot. Um, so, okay, a report came out and it's saying that, you know, kids shouldn't be watching screen time over XXX. Okay, so how can I get to that report? Mm-hmm. And then looking at the report and, okay, who did this report and how many subjects were studied? And right. So teaching our kids how to do that, yes, when they're, you know, conducting right. Right. any sort of research paper so online. So that, that article that you mentioned that you've written, does it, it has some ideas in there, ways to it do does. it? It does. Okay, great. It does. And it has well, kind helpful. of some step-by-step things to look for. And, right. Um, but that's a, a really big skill that we can teach our kids. And again, a lot of that goes back to when we teach our kids things like this, it builds our relationship Mm -hmm. with our kids Mm -hmm. so that again, when we have to come back and say, uh, let's talk about this app that that you want to use because I'm going to say no. (laughs) Right. Right. We, we've helped them and taught them so many valuable tech skills that they're, you know, it's okay to have that one negative conversation. Right, right. Because, because they can had, see, yeah, they can see that we're actually, you know, we're 
thinking in their best interest and we want to give them all we can give them. But if there's something that's not good for them, we're not going to give it to them. And and I think that's, that's just... That's just a constant message we have to be sending as parents in every area. So why should this right. one be different? But right. um, yeah, I love that. So, okay. So at the very beginning, because I didn't jot it down, and, and I think some of the moms might be wanting to hear it again. We were, At the beginning, we, talked, uh, we were talking more about um, navigating things with older kids. And you mentioned those categories, and I didn't write them down. And I know they're similar to the little... Is it the same one as the one you just mentioned, the four you just mentioned, the connection, the critical thinking, creativity, and context? Yes. And that applies for young kids and all the way through adults. So I even apply that to myself Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at apps I'm going to use. Um, In a lot, by the time I get to be an adult, I say, okay, um, what's this app fulfilling? Like, you know, what purpose is it fulfilling? Is it helping me be productive mm-hmm. or is it something that I'm kind of just, you know, fluffing away time on? Um, I mean, we all kind of want, you know, one app that's, you know, maybe that app that we kind of use when we've had a stressful day or whatever. Right. You like, don't my, need. like my husband likes Pinterest. This just, this just cracks me up because I, I'm not a Pinterest girl, but he loves Pinterest. And yeah. so for him, he's explained it to me. It's like leafing through a magazine Yes. Because um, he used to look at magazines and he would tear out pages that we never looked at again. He put them in a file and <laughs> you know, we moved them a thousand times and then finally got rid of them. So he said, this is just, he thinks it's great because we don't have the mess and it's all on his, com- you know, mm-hmm. on his computer or his phone, on Pinterest there and all contained and it's only the things he likes. And so, yeah. And I think for him, it's relaxing. It's relaxing yes. to do that. So yes. yeah, I think identifying what purpose each thing is serving because really what it comes down to is we want all of this technology to be our servant, not our master. Exactly. And that's kind of all, these are all different. Everything you've been talking about has comes down to um, making the most of it, but not letting it run our life. And um, so, yeah, I think it's so good. And it's great to hear that. I love, I think my favorite part is this, you know, breaking down into these four these four categories. Um, that's going to be super helpful. I feel like I'm like tonight at dinner going to be able to sit down with our kids and talk a little bit about this. And I think it'll be really good. So um, yeah. Now tell me, um, I know that you offer services and uh, different things. Tell me exactly what you're all about. Like if a mom's out there, what sort of things might she be interested in that you have to offer? So I have, I, I have some services that I offer. So I have um, like a social media startup for families. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have it for teens. So for teens that are just starting in social media, maybe want some guidance, I offer that. I also do social media audits, both for families and for teens. So Okay, have, what is that? Um, what is an audit? So I, I will go in and I will look at social media for either your family or for teens, it's especially helpful for um, families who maybe have just kind of just been all over social media, aren't even sure where they are. Um, for teens that are especially thinking about um, beginning the college process, mm-hmm. or for teens that are um, getting ready to go out into the workforce, um, for college students as well. Um, I'll look at your social media um, and just kind of offer you some suggestions and some guidance on some things that you can do. Maybe, um, 
you know, catch some things that you might want to clear up. Right. A lot of, a lot of times, you know, our kids have been, um, online, you know, pretty much their whole lives. So with a lot of these social media platforms, they've kind of, you know, sprouted up and then some have gone away. And a lot of times people have created accounts and don't even remember that they're out there, but they're easily pulled just by email addresses. So it's a great, it's great to just do a social media audit Mm-hmm. Anyway, just so it's to kind, kind of, of a, things up. like another set of eyes on a perspective, outside perspective, looking in at what all's gone on and what's right. going on with your social media and just to kind of help to uh, almost like one of those people that goes in and organizes your house for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're coming in and you're saying, okay, this is mass confusion and we can bring some clarity to this and some organization and some, a system, which is, yes. you know, just a lifesaver. Um, I love that. That's awesome. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah. So those are some of the services that I offer. And then also, you know, I just do um, private consultations. So maybe, you know, you're, you want to start a family media um, plan. Maybe your kids are older. You're not sure how to approach it. Maybe you have a specific issue that you're, you know, dealing with in your home. So if I do private consultation for that, um, and then, you know, I just have tons of articles just on, I have a 10 best apps series. So 10 best apps for, you know, um, just every subject imaginable. Right. Um, And I have a dating, a dating app series that I wrote, um, because that was a big issue. And I think that's one thing that we don't want to talk about or pretend that our kids Mm -hmm. aren't using, but the, they're really popular for especially the college age crowd. Right. So, um, and a lot of high school students, because the college age are using them and, you know, they have siblings that go off to college. Right. And there are now dating apps that are specifically targeted for high school students. Wow. Um, so I wrote that series um, the end of last year and this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have all sorts of... Um, articles like that. Great. And then I do a uh, tech talk for parents every Wednesday on my Facebook live page. That's a, a it's a group. Um, so you join the group, but the reason why I do it in a group is so that that way parents ask questions. Um, it's private contained right. in the group, but you can always watch the sessions. Mm. And then I have my newsletter that goes out once a week and the newsletter it's, I try to keep, um, like updates that are relevant for families. Mm -hmm. So for instance, like if Snapchat has an update that's, you know, gonna, um, maybe, you know, parents need to know about because it's, it's a a change in the settings. Right. It's going to change the privacy settings Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. your teens or whatever. Um, that's the sort of stuff I really try to put out in my newsletter. Things that are really relevant for families and things like that. Right. Um, so That's those are great. Oh, those are awesome. And I get, I get your newsletter and I saw you had a bunch of ideas for um, kind of gifts for Christmas for technology. And I thought that was very cool because, you know, our kids, they love technology and sometimes it's fun to just, you know, buy something they didn't think you even knew about. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and, and hopefully ones that are like useful and not going right. to be... Well, you and know, that's where if you're buying it, you can decide. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. This is great. Well, it has been so great to have you here and um, hear all this fantastic counsel you've given us regarding media time because that's that's a question I get asked frequently and I often flounder and think, oh boy, I don't even know how to start with this because it's it's pretty broad. You know, the whole subject is really broad. And so I'm thankful for people like you who seem to be gifted with 
and enjoy it, you know, that, that, you know, want to help families with this part of our lives that, you know, can be so intimidating sometimes. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me on. And I just, I appreciate your show so much. Just all the topics that you cover for families and. Oh, thanks. um, Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you could be here. So I, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and I'm, I'm glad you all listened and I hope you go check out Leah's site because I think she's got some great resources for you. We'll talk soon. Mm -hmm.